Hey, what's up? Sean here with another episode of Locked on Raptors. And on today's show, we're playing a little bit of a game here on our Raptors off day. Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com is here, and we're going to play a game called What's More Likely? I have assembled a collection of situations related to this year's Toronto Raptors team, and Vivek and I will determine which of the two outcomes I have laid out in each situation is the most likely to happen. It's a pretty simple concept. It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked on Raptors. Thanks for being here. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1073 of Lockdown Raptors for Tuesday, December the 7th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at Woodley Sean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the show. And of course, we are free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms. So please follow, subscribe, tell a friend, rate, review, all the good stuff you do with your podcast apps of choice. Plus, a reminder that you can subscribe to the show on YouTube to see my face and the face of all of my guests in all of their glory on video. So please go and check out the YouTube page. It's much appreciated. We got a little conversations going on there. The community tab is popping off. Please go and support. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Truebill. This is the, uh, the wonderful app. They really have come, come into my life and saved me a ton of money. It's the app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or need. And you can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Truebill, more on them a little bit later on. Thanks to them for sponsoring the show. And thanks to you, the listener for making us your first listen of the day. All right, let's get into it. On today's show, we are playing What's More Likely. I have devised a just a gauntlet of either-or situations, and joining me to uh, make the very difficult selections and, uh, I guess, you know, indulge my little game I've invented here is Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Big V, how's it going, pal? You're looking good on that new webcam. <laughs> hey, I got. I guess I gotta thank the subscribers. We, got, we were able to upgrade uh, my camera. <laughs> Here we are. Actually, the, the truth is, I got this camera a while ago. Um, but my old laptop. I so that that's the bigger news. I got a new laptop that can actually handle the camera. Ah. Because before my old laptop, I plug in this webcam, and all of a sudden there was a flight taking off in my room. The fan was just going nuts, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess that's not a good idea. Um, and yeah, just, uh, you know, you get to the point where the laptop just can't handle anything anymore. And here we are. I thought you were more just holding out because you were worried that a HD version of Big V would be too handsome for the internet. Uh, as it turns out, maybe a little bit, uh, Let's dive in here to what's more likely. For those who are uninitiated, Vivek included, I have devised a collection of either-or questions related to this year's Toronto Raptors. We're going to run through them and determine which of the two outcomes I have laid out is more likely. We've got player-specific ones centered around the star players on the team, of course. We've got team-specific ones as it relates to how the team will perform this year uh, for the rest of the season. Plus, we've got some fun ones like, will X free agent get paid by the Raptors or be left to walk we will get to all of that 
on today's show. Let's begin here, though. Let's start with the stars of the team, shall we? Uh, right now, the leading scorer question on the Toronto Raptors is an interesting one. As it stands right now, your leading scorer for your 2021-2022 Toronto Raptors is OG Ananobi, averaging 20.1 points per game. Fred VanVleet is at 19.8, and Pascal Siakam, on a nice run lately, averaging 22 over his last eight, is up to 19.1. My question to you is, what's more likely, Big V, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, or Fred VanVleet leads the Raptors in per-game scoring this season? I am going to lean uh, towards Pascal Siakam. Uh, mm-hmm. I think OG has obviously carried the load while Pascal was out, and Fred, I think, is just doing whatever the team needs uh, yeah. every minute that he's out there, which is every minute. Uh, so Pascal, I think, uh, as his... Legs get under him. He's going to continue to level up that scoring. I think we've already seen it the last few games, and uh, I think eventually he'll wrap up as the uh, as the season's leading scorer for the Raptors. Yeah, I agree as well. I think Pascal is very clearly the most dynamic offensive player the team has. It seems like things are running through him in more of a sort of targeted way since he came back. And look, that could change when OG comes back. He was really good, or at least, you know, had moments of being really good in that number one role while Siakam was still injured. But I just think the refinement of Siakam's playmaking, like I know the playmaking is sort of the thing we're talking about here. We're talking about scoring, but because Siakam is a better playmaker, I think they're just going to be more comfortable running the offense through him more often, and therefore that's going to lead to more buckets for him. Um, You know, I think this could be a pretty interesting race all season long because I don't necessarily see one guy pulling away. You're going to have those big Fred games. You're going to have big OG games as he, you know, kind of pops off, I think, in more of a sort of efficient off the ball role once this team's at full health. And I think that could lead to a lot of good things. But yeah, I'll go Siakam. He's been playing quite well lately. And he just is the best offensive player that they have right now. He's the guy that makes a defense think the most. Let's go to the next one here. This one is tied to the team's performance, Big V. What's more likely, the Raptors finish ninth in the Eastern Conference or they finish 12th? Ninth or 12th? I kind of touched on this on yesterday's podcast where I talked about how the Wizards and Knicks, to me, are fraud teams that the Raptors are definitely going to pass. By the way, the Wizards lost last night to someone terrible. The Pacers. God, losing to the Pacers. Embarrassing. Have the Raptors done that twice? I don't remember. Uh, but with the uh, you know the Wizards kind of flailing a little bit, the Knicks being the Knicks, that just kind of requires one extra team in that mix. Or maybe you think it's three different teams that could jump. But uh, ninth or 12th, what is the more likely finishing position for the Raptors in the Eastern Conference this season? Big V. I think ninth is more likely. I think, yeah. yeah, when when you look at this team, I think the defense is not as bad as it's looked, and I think the last four games have trended towards proving that. Uh, <clears throat> and the offense is also better than people thought going into yeah. the season. And so I think all those things lend toward this being, you know, close to a 500 team, if not just over 500. And that would lean towards a spot that's, Closer to ninth than 12th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm having a little bit of trouble getting fully on the ninth. I think 10th is like probably their most likely finishing position right now, considering just how deep the East is. And figuring out that third team, because I, I still believe the Knicks and Wizards are food. They will be passed at some point here. I don't think either of them are particularly good. But that third team I'm having a little bit of trouble with. And it could be 
I think one of probably the Hornets being like the most likely because their defense is such a nightmare. I might also throw in the Celtics just because I don't know what the hell the Celtics are. I don't know if the Celtics know what the hell they are. Like it's kind of a weird dynamic going on there. If you had to pick one team to make that third team the Raptors can jump to get from 12th where they are now up to ninth, what team do you think is the most likely one that you would kind of uh, look at as a target for the Raptors to hunt down? Well, I think uh, the Wizards are definitely struggling. Yeah. So I, I think they could drop down for sure. Um, beyond that, you know, you, you already listed off the Hornets. Uh, I think I, I think it's more how long can the Cavs sustain? Yeah. Uh, obviously, Evan Mobley has been awesome for that team and his impact is ridiculous. But uh, I think especially right now with them being out on the West Coast, even though they're playing some tight games, uh, you know, how they respond to an extended losing streak and that type of thing will be interesting to see. And at the end of the day, it's still you know a, a very young team so yeah. i think that that's another team that i'd sort of put out there that that could falter yeah i think that all makes a lot of sense the Cavs are you know i think undeniably pretty good their defense has like very real like floor to it because of evan mobley and jared allen and how bloody good they are darius garland looks awesome they've had some injuries though and you know you wonder and this is a question for the Raptors as well. Like, is there like a rookie wall that gets hit by either Everett Mobley or Scotty Barnes at some point here? Um, you know, we've kind of seen Barnes go through the motions for like a week uh, earlier on and then kind of figure it out and then come out of that week bombing threes. Uh, so, you know, who's to say? Maybe this is just like a unique rookie class where there is no drop off. But um, yeah, I think the Cavs, I think, are probably the one I would look at in addition to the Hornets as like the most likely, but again, I find the Celtics to be uh, truly bizarre and potentially, uh, you know, could fall down again. This one, I, I'm going to go say ninth is what I'll pick, but I don't feel terribly good about it because I do think 10th is probably where I would handicap them at the moment, just based on the ground they have to make up in the teams ahead of them. Um, but that's still closer to yeah. Question it was, is, but it's, it's not. It's not close. It's not more. It's it's where are they going to finish exactly? Ninth or twelfth? Vivek, learn the all game, right. would you? Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, we'll continue <laughs> on here with the game that I am tormenting Big V with. Uh, what's more likely? In just one second, we're going to take a look at another standings-related question where we get rid of this sort of soft middle. Oh, ninth through twelfth. We're going to go to the extremes, baby. That's coming up in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at. Truebill, uh, as I mentioned at the top, Truebill is a company directly designed for someone like me who's very forgetful, who signs up for lots of things in a pinch, in an emergency, just because I need to use it one time. And then I forget about the subscription that I've signed up for, and I'm spending money that I don't need to be spending on e-cards for people that to send during COVID or whatever it might be. It happens all the time to me. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or need, or maybe you just simply forgot about them. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill. I'm not the only one afflicted with forgetting to that I've subscribed for stuff. It's a worldwide problem because companies make it hard to cancel your subscriptions. Truebill makes it easy and incredibly simple, though. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap, and your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions for you so you don't have to as well. 
Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped been helped save over $100 million for those users. Really, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Everybody who has this problem should be signing up for Truebill today. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's T-R-U-E-B-I-L-L dot com slash LockedOnNBA. And today's show is brought to you by Theragun. Look, it's a stressful time. You are out walking the malls. You are trying to get some exercise in. You got work. It's just a very, very tiresome time of year, hopefully with some good reward at the end of the month, but it is a very stressful time, and your muscles might be feeling it with some tension. Well, guess what? Theragun is here, so you don't have to let the daily stress of life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me who is not an elite athlete in any sense of the word. I can't tell you how how well you... The Theragun is going to work to get you through the day. That's the word. I got to get the name of the company out. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or an injury or just the stresses of everyday life, there is no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone with its percussive therapy, its signature percussive therapy. It works the oled screen and is designed to make you feel like you're holding something from the future just go to their site and check it out and the theragun app learns from your behaviors and then suggests guided routines as well it's a wonderful thing i have a theragun because i have sore bones and muscles that doesn't help my bones but it does help my muscles because i you know i'll go for bike rides or whatever that might be i'm a cross-country skier that hurts the legs and the theragun is a wonderful thing at the end of the day just fire that bad boy up and just give myself the percussive therapy I need to recover and feel better the next day so I can go out skiing or biking again. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and yours truly as well. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only 199 bucks. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody, T-H-E-R-A-B-O-D-Y.com slash locked on, therabody.com slash locked on. All right, Big V, we continue on with what's more likely. Another standings-related question for you. This one is, what's more likely? The Raptors finish sixth in the East, or they draft sixth overall or higher? Uh, We have gone to the extremes after last question, where we were just hanging out in the doughy middle of the Eastern Conference. Let's get into this one here. Big V, what do you think is more likely? A vault all the way up to number six or a slide down into the lottery, maybe some lottery luck and a top six pick once again for your Toronto Raptors? Yeah, this was uh, an interesting one. And I am going to say that it is more likely that they pick top six in the lottery. Okay. For me, when I look at what's happening with sixth in the east right now the path to it you know you you'll have so let's put it this way i I think Mm -hmm. you know that top four is looking solid between in any order right brooklyn milwaukee miami chicago uh then you i would say i expect atlanta to slide all the way up to five i think those Mm -hmm. are the top five teams in the east uh and then i would probably say Philly are favorites for the sixth spot. Yeah. Uh, and then you've still got, you know, Boston in the way, Charlotte in the way, Cleveland, New York, 
So I think the path to sixth is more murky. Uh, when you look at the draft picks, uh, that's when, okay, the Raptors aren't going to be worse than the Pelicans, the Thunder, the Rockets, the Magic, the Pistons. That's five teams. Mm-hmm. But after that, you could see, especially, you know, the Raptors have shown that, uh, you know, they don't have much margin for error when, when they have injuries or whatever it is. Uh, that gets in the way of them feeling a full rotation. And so mm-hmm. if something like that were to happen, then you could definitely see a path to them potentially being worse than the Spurs and sort of squeezing into that top six range. So I will take the lottery pick. This is a tough one. I think I'm going to disagree with you just because of the like advantage right now that some of the worst teams have in terms of getting into that top six. And it's not a very likely jump to make right now the Raptors have the tied for the 10th best lottery odds with the Minnesota Timberwolves 11.7 percent chance of jumping into the top four which I guess is not a terribly low percentage comparatively but I do think you know that that's a small amount that we're talking about here whereas right now they're two games behind number six in the Eastern Conference do I think they're better than the Sixers or the Celtics not necessarily I or the Hawks no I do not they might be better than the Celtics. I don't know. The Celtics are kind of frauds to me, but you know that seems to be running through line throughout today's episode. Um, the thing that you know, I just think it's going to be easier for them to potentially kind of like go on a run and stumble into that six seed than it is going to be for them to be that bad and fall down into that range where jumping up into the top four becomes more likely. So I guess it's really do. I think they have a better chance of like a better than eleven point seven percent chance or something like that of getting into the top six and look i don't think it's terribly likely either way i think maybe it's like 15 or 20 percent but i think it's more likely than if they finish in that sort of um you know seven eight nine range of the draft i guess if you're seven it's 33 percent I'm, I'm talking to myself in circles i gotta stick to a take there i think it's going to be top six is more likely than it is drafting at six overall higher so there we go i i think again i don't think either are terribly likely to happen i think 10th is where they're going to finish probably but uh, because they're only two games back of that six seed, I think that it's a little bit more attainable as the teams at the bottom of the standings uh, stink a lot, Big V. There's some really bad teams in the NBA this year, and that's going to make climbing up in the draft a little bit more difficult. Uh, let's move on to the next one here. Speaking of dudes drafted high, Scotty Barnes is the topic of this next one here. I'm going to ask you, what's more likely, Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam finishes with more assists per game for your Toronto Raptors? Right now, Siakam is at 3.7. Scotty Barnes is at 3.2 a game. What say you to this one? I feel like maybe I made this one too easy, but also Scotty Barnes is racking up the dimes lately. So who's to say? No, I I think this is a spicy one. I I think this is a a really interesting uh, debate to be had as the season goes on. I am going to go with Pascal, though. Okay. Just because uh, I think uh, as his usage continues to spike, uh, those numbers will go up. And then I also think that, you know, there have been several plays that he's made for teammates that have just gone unfinished. And so they're not necessarily reflective of where his assist numbers could or should be. And so I think as uh, the better talent... Uh, returns to the lineup where we're going to see more of those plays finished off. And I, I think Pascal's numbers will finish slightly above Scotty, but I think the bonus is, Hey, if you can get two forwards uh, averaging, you know, over three and a half assists, maybe even four, uh, that's something you got to like. 
Yeah, absolutely. Especially considering that what we know about Fred Van Vliet. And even though he's a much better on-ball creator this year, he's still at his best being a demon pest off the ball and being unable to, you know, impossible to stick with. Um, we saw that in that second half against the Bucks, for example. Having him work off ball is good. And if you have some forwards who can uh, deliver the ball to him, that is a good thing indeed. Over the last 10 games, by the way, uh, Siakam and Barnes, identical 3.7 assists a game. So maybe this was a pretty good one to ask. I will also go with Siakam just because I think, like you said, uh, and like I've said earlier in the show, I think he's going to have the ball in his hands more often, and that's just going to be more conducive to assists. But I guess the other side of this coin is maybe they move Scotty Barnes to like run with second units once they get full health. Maybe they go with the sort of like the, the Fred, Trent, OG, Siakam, and Birch or Achua lineup, and then they throw Barnes with the second unit. Maybe that's where he starts racking up assists, throwing balls to uh, Yuta Watanabe for catch-and-shoot threes or something like that. So um, I think that's a very interesting one now that I've uh, grappled with it. I will also go Siakam, though, uh, after patting myself on the back for my very good line setting. Uh, we will continue on. Next one here is what's more likely... We consider Scotty Barnes better than OG Ananobi by season's end, or we consider OG the best player on the Raptors by season's end. This one is complex, but I think it makes sense. What do you, what say you? Um, I think I, I think the honest answer is neither. Uh, but that's not the game. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I will. I will go with OG Ananobi being the best player on the team. Okay. okay. Uh, and no, I'm not doing this just for points from Emma. Uh, I think <laughs> that uh, when you look at OG, you know, you see what he offers defensively. Uh, so he, he would clearly be, I mean, the only one giving him a run for money de defensively is Fred. And so mm -hmm. uh, in that conversation between, uh, Scotty and Pascal OG wins that uh, as a wing defender. Uh, and then offensively, you know, the strides that he's shown, I think there's enough there where if Pascal, uh, you know, stays where he is, mm -hmm. then, uh, then OG would supplant him. Uh, and then in terms of Scotty being better than OG, I just, I just don't see it, uh, on the defensive side, even though he's shown improvements, sure. uh, I, I think OG is just at another level. Uh, and then offensively as well, you know, I, I, I think that three game sample size with the three ball was really fun and nice, uh, <laughs> but I'd be pretty damn surprised if that continued all season. So wow. I think there's, wow. there's still, the skepticism, uh, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> I think there's still quite a ways for Scotty to go, uh, in terms of rounding out his game. Uh, mm -hmm. and so for right now, uh, you know, uh, I think this, this might've been uh, a bit tighter if, uh, if, if it was just, uh, you know, can Scotty be, uh, maybe the third best scorer on the team, uh, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, for now, I will, I will go with the latter, with OG being the best player on the team, be more likely. See, I also, like you, don't think either of these are terribly likely to happen. So, yeah. you know, that was part of the conceit of the question. I think I would go with Scotty being better than OG by season's end, purely because I don't think 
OG is going to pass Siakam or Fred. Like, I just think, like, Fred and Siakam are very good. Fred has taken leaps in his game this season. Siakam is finding his sea legs and looks really good lately and I just think is the best offensive player on the team while also being maybe the most important team defender on the team. I'd still say OG is the best one-on-one defender for sure. But the way the Raptors defense works, it prioritizes team defense and rotation and covering ground. And I think that's more Siakam's wheelhouse. So I think Siakam stays the best player on the team or like the most talented. I think Fred's been the best player so far this season. I think Pascal is the best at basketball on the team. It's all, you know, relative and all just kind of your own interpretation of the word, I suppose. But I think the pathway for OG getting there is tricky. And I think like, like Scotty getting better than OG by season's end is also very difficult and not very likely. But considering what we've seen from him so far and the fact that he just keeps kind of like bursting through ceilings, I'm not ruling out the fact that he could like go on some crazy heater and we're all looking at like, oh my God, like Scotty Barnes is here already in like a way that he's already more here than he is right now. I think that could happen. Again, don't think it's super likely, but... I think it's a very intriguing proposition. And with the way Scotty Barnes continues to do things that no one expected, I'm not ruling anything out. So I will go Scotty being better than OG is more likely than OG being the best Raptor by season's end. One point I'd like to make about yeah. you know that whole OG one-on-one versus team defense thing yeah. is OG allows the Raptors to be a good team defense because sure, I thought sure. one of the important things that Nick Nurse said post game last game was part of the defensive improvement we've seen is uh, guys being able to keep opponents in front uh, on sure. the perimeter more often. And even when they're not, they're able to direct them uh, better to the help as opposed to just giving them a straight beeline to the basket. And mm-hmm. so that's something that OG is the king of. Right. And so that's where, you know, in terms of OG's importance to this defense, when I was watching those blow bys on the perimeter, I was just like, man, this, this team <laughs> OG <back> so <laughs> You make a good point. Hopefully we see OG back. Has he been ruled out for the Wednesday game against the Thunder yet? It feels like he's been questionable for uh, like a month now, and it's tiresome. Just uh, put us out of our misery, please, Raptors. Um, yeah, it's not official <laughs> yet, but uh, I guess we'll find out at practice soon enough. Yeah, so we'll we'll find out after this airs, surely, what's going on with, with OG tomorrow. Hopefully he's back soon. Probably don't need him against the Thunder, if we're being totally honest. But, uh, you know, <laughs> so if you wanted to milk a couple extra days before the Titans that are the New York Knicks come to town, uh, then maybe you can do that. Uh, we'll finish up here. Got a couple more contract-related ones with a couple of pending free agents for your Toronto Raptors. We're going to get to in just a second here. But first, want to tell you about our friends over at Boost mobile you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge you switch to boost mobile for the power of saving money because with boost you get the power of a free 5g phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes of your favorite podcast the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too and the power of one of america's largest 5g networks you can do it all at the speed of 5g with all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain just how powerful you become Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Disclaimer here. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. And this is for our American listeners only. 
right, we'll continue on here. Vivek, round this out with a couple of free agency-related what's more likelies. Let's begin here, Big V, with everybody's fave, Yuta Watanabe. He is, I believe, a free agent at season's end. Am I wrong there? Yeah, he is. Uh, What's more likely, the Raptors pay Yuta Watanabe for multiple years at season's end, or do they let him walk as a free agent? This has lots of layers to it. This is, uh, you know, the Raptors cap sheet is complex as it is, but also Utah is very good and cool, even if he has like a small track record in the NBA. What do you think is more likely here? A multi-year deal for Utah, multi-year deal for Utah with the Raptors, or does he go elsewhere? Yeah, I do think uh, that he'll be back with the Raptors. Uh, and I do think he's in this interesting situation where, He's shown improvement, but also I don't think anyone will value him more than the Raptors. Sure. And I, I think the way Nick Nurse views how he fits the team, how he fits the team's defensive schemes, all of that will factor in. Uh, and again, going back to that point about maybe other teams not valuing him as highly, it's because he's going to be behind OG and Pascal and Scotty. Sure. And so the reps aren't necessarily going to be there to you know, get those eye-popping numbers. Not that he's someone that is going to get eye-popping numbers because, you know, all of what he does is about, you know, having that underlying impact on the game. So I think, again, the the combination of being more of an impact guy uh, and the Raptors probably having more eyes for for that than anyone uh, had me leaning towards him being back with the Raptors on a multi-year deal. I'm with you as well. I think he just seems like a Raptors type player. It seems like he's improving and kind of getting his sea legs offensively more and more every time he goes out there. Uh, I would also say I don't even know if the multi-year deal is like super likely. Like I think it might be a situation. I mean, this is a guy who's played 88 NBA games. He has not had a long track record in the league. Maybe he fancies himself as someone who can make more money. And so maybe it's like a two-year deal with like an opt-out or something like that to give him the option to potentially get paid uh, down the line when in a way he's not going to get paid, even if he hits for agency here and the Raptors want to pay him. Like I can't imagine it's going to be like much more than like mid-level exception type money for a guy like Utah. So I wonder if maybe he tries to kick the can down the road a little bit, gets himself a a little sort of bet on yourself type deal, does the Fred Van Vliet thing. And then maybe he gets paid in a year or two in a more substantial way from the Raptors or some other team. But I do think it's more likely that if, you know, it does come down to these two options at season's end, the Raptors are going to want to keep him. He's not someone who's going to cost you a ton of money because the production's not there. And he very clearly just impacts winning in a very profound way. Once again, the best on-court net rating of any player on the team through a large 84-minute sample. But still, it all checks out when you watch them. Uh, Last one here. We will round out the show with another free agency or pending free agent-related one. What is more likely? The Raptors trade Chris Boucher before the deadline or keep him until the end of the year? I don't think there is much to be said about potential uh, you know, for him to sign beyond this season, if I'm being totally honest. But uh, what do you think is more likely within this season? Chris Boucher sticks around or gets dealt by the deadline? Uh, I'm going to lean towards him getting dealt. Yeah. I think, you know, especially if Utah Watanabe can stay healthy, uh, I, I think he's going to be more than surplus. And I think long-term it's, it's more about, you know, does he fit long-term? And I think the Raptors know the answer to that. And so yeah. why not try and recoup some type of asset for him? 
in you know in combination with whoever else it might be uh and you know i, I could definitely see other teams being uh at the very least curious about what a change of scenery might do and having that big that can kind of stretch the floor and give you a scoring punch mm-hmm. uh so yeah I, I could definitely see uh another team that especially you know doesn't play as aggressive a defensive scheme you know talking themselves into saying hey Boucher might fit us better yeah and it might just be like some teams desperate too right like when Patrick Williams went down for the Bulls that was instantly like oh that's a team that could use Chris Boucher even though and they might have that 38 and 19 in their head yeah that's you're damn right yeah (laughs) that's the thing is I think like the outside perception of Boucher is probably a lot better than it is when you watch him every day and look this is not to say that like all these teams don't have scouts who are watching all these games because they do and they're far smarter than anybody else who's covering the game but I do think like there's this sort of outside like view of Chris Boucher as this like crazy stat stuff and dude, but maybe his stats don't necessarily reflect in terms of his on-court impact. And maybe that's something you have to watch a little bit more with sort of a fine tooth comb and a more of a magnifying glass to really get a sense of who's to say, you know, we could always go around and ask scouts, I suppose what they think of Chris Boucher. But um, I also think it's more likely that he gets dealt by the, uh, the deadline. There's just too much of a log jam, right? You've got Achua, you've got Birch, you've got Barnes, you've got Siakam, you've got OG, you've got Utah. Like all these guys are going to play minutes at the four and or five at some point. That doesn't leave a lot of room for Chris Boucher. And, you know, as much as I keep saying that he is a tall shooting guard, I don't think you want him playing the shooting guard position in an actual game of NBA basketball on account of his defense and lateral move movement and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I think Chris Boucher, not terribly long for the Raptors. It's a shame. He's been a fun story, but I think ultimately the jury's kind of out. He's not really going to be someone who tangibly helps you win important games. And you can kind of, I think, comfortably move on in a way that like, with Utah, like he does help you win important games. You could see him playing high leverage minutes in a you know a playoff series or something because he has that two way impact. Boucher, I think, a little too volatile to really trust in those situations. So that is going to bring us to the end of the inaugural edition of What's More Likely. Vivek, Jacob, thank you so much for hanging out. This was a ton of fun. I hope it was fun for the listeners out there. Have your say on all these questions in the comments if you would like. Very much appreciate those who interact with the show. Big V, anything you would like to promote before we get out of here? Just the usual stuff. Uh, you can see my work uh, at raptors.com. You can uh, check me out at CBC Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. Excellent stuff. You can find me at Woodley Sean. Of course, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend on all your favorite podcast apps. We are free in all the podcast apps and on YouTube, so please go subscribe over on YouTube as well. And thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on bets as Lee Sterling and your boy Q are leading you through the betting season. you got football. You've got basketball. You've got everything, and they know what they're doing. They really, really have a handle on the picks that you should be making to win yourself some money if you are dabbling in the world of sports betting so go check out locked on bets today thank you so much we'll be back again tomorrow to look ahead to the raptors game against the thunder mostly we'll just laugh at how much the thunder are garbage uh and we'll do some other fun stuff as well working on some guests for later in the week too katie heindel is going to pop on the show later this week as well uh probably a couple times actually and uh that will get us to friday but it's tuesday now thank you for being here tuesday we'll be back again tomorrow another episode of locked on raptors bye-bye